0: All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Rigos Rag podcast. Uh, Ian Cummings here with Jacob Kamenker. It's the dynamic duo back in business today. We've had some pods for you recently. Uh, our most recent one was kind of just going over the Ruben Foster situation after he was injured, uh, you know, what it means for the team and, you know, who, who could replace him. They already signed a guy. Uh, at this point John Bostic so if you want to read about him a little bit uh, we got an article on the site for that we've also got the podcast for guys on the roster who could emerge in the wake of Foster's injury so all that stuff it's up there we got other stuff too unheralded players UFA profiles stuff like that today though we're going to kind of mesh it all together a really cool idea that Jacob had I'll let Jacob introduce it but uh, first off Jacob how you doing
1: I'm doing good. I'm missing Chitty Okiki, though. I, uh, I miss him.
0: I know, dude. That was one of your guys. Now he's gone. So that kind of takes a chip out of your roster. Speaking of which, um, you want to talk about your idea, uh, this whole fantasy Redskins roster?
1: Yeah, so uh, I love fantasy football. Like, I worked as a fantasy football writer this past season, and uh so I figured we could bring a little bit of fantasy fun to uh, the Redskins offseason. So the idea that I had was me and Ian would do a Redskins fantasy roster draft. We'd take a look at the 90 guys on the Redskins roster, and we would build dueling 46-man squads to uh, square off against each other on paper. So Ian and I did a head-to-head mock draft where we pretty much alternated picks. Ian had the first pick, and then from there on out, we had picks back-to-back. So Ian picked once, then I picked twice, then Ian picked twice. And we did that for the whole Redskins roster, and we built two 46-man units. Um, And we're going to talk about them and uh, see what we were able to come up with and which which roster you guys like better and think might win a game?
0: Spoiler alert, it's going to be ugly in some respects. It was, um, oh my God, in the middle and later rounds, guys, it was not pretty. We were just scrounging for scraps. So, But uh, yeah, it was fun. It was a fun exercise and uh, some sleepers that I think we're both irrationally high on that we'll be able to talk about at the end. But first off, Jacob, I think it's uh, the best way to start is kind of start at the top and what we did with those first picks. What do you say?
1: Yeah, I, I say let's dive right in. Yeah, you had the first pick, so uh, you, you want to talk about the decision you made
0: there? Yeah, yeah. So I this one was pretty. It was hard at first, but then it, it suddenly became very easy. Uh, I'm not high on Case Keenum. I'm not high on Colt McCoy. I need a quarterback for this roster. I'm going with Dwayne Haskins. You know, I'm going with the guy who I can lock down on a rookie contract and build this roster around and. I know fantasy football isn't built that way, but um, I just I felt like I needed the young guy with the most upside at the most important position, so I went with Dwayne Haskins at pick one one, pretty solid. But then Jacob kind of took a chunk out of my plan with the next two.
1: Yeah, so I strategically took the second pick because I want better better (laughs) picks in every round because that's just what I do. So once Ian took Dwayne Haskins, I, I had a plan in my head to target the weaker spots on the roster and target the best players at those positions. Obviously, the biggest weakness on the Redskins roster, or at least one of them, is safety. So my first pick, my pick in the first round was Landon Collins. So I grabbed him to lock down the safety position for me be one of my defensive stars, you know, make sure that that back end of that unit would be solid. And then I grabbed Trent Williams with the next pick. Um, I wanted him to play left tackle. No offensive lineman on the team is as good as him. He's been consistently good. I know he's dealt with injuries in recent seasons, but if I have to pick one guy on the offensive line that I can trust and that I know will at least give it his all when he's on the field, it was Trent Williams. Um, And there's no other candidate on the team that I thought could really play left tackle. So I I was kind of screwing Ian a little bit by – Poaching the talent at safety and uh, offensive tackle early, but with him grabbing the quarterback, I knew I'd have to build up the defense and the offensive line. So uh, those were my first two picks. Yeah,
0: and you—you you scared me straight. I was like, oh no, I got to get these offensive linemen before he does. Uh, so with my next two picks, I went Morgan Moses, Brandon Sheriff, just like that. You know, you, I cannot let him get these guys. You know, so that was what I did. Especially with a rookie quarterback, you want to solidify the trenches. So I had Moses. He's going to be my right tackle. Well, actually, I'm not sure about that because my left – well, I'll get to my left tackle later. It's not pretty. I'll just say that. But um, Brandon Sheriff at offensive guard. So my first three picks went with Haskins, Sheriff, and uh, Moses, solidifying that offensive unit. Not going defense quite yet. But, Jacob, with your next two picks, you basically went all defense for that.
1: Yeah, so here on out, I was hoping I'd get two of the top three offensive linemen on the team while still landing Landon Collins. When, uh, when Ian grabbed those two offensive line guys, I knew that wasn't going to happen. So I shifted my focus to defense. I started focusing on the trenches and the pass rush because those are the two most important things uh, for defensive football, in my opinion. And I already had a pretty good cover and tackle guy in Landon Collins. So I grabbed Ryan Kerrigan and Jonathan Allen. Kerrigan's just been so consistent throughout his entire career. If you need one edge rusher that you know is going to get you close to 10 sacks a year, you can count on him. You can bet on him every time. And Jonathan Allen's been a young defensive leader for the team, and he's coming off an eight-sack season where he stayed fully healthy. So the sky's the limit for him there, too. So I like the idea of pairing them together, uh, a little bit of experience, but also youth and upside and Allen, building my team with a couple of younger guys in Collins and Allen and some older veterans of Williams and Kerrigan to really round out the units uh, best I could. Yeah, now
0: here's the thing. I thought that was I thought that was smart. Uh, solidifying that unit early, but I I kind of like how I matched up with the next two picks. Honestly, I mean you got Kerrigan and Allen, but I got Montez Sweat at number four. Well, I'm high on his upside, and I know you're sky high on his upside, so that must have hurt. And then with the next one, I took Matt Ioannidis, who I believe is the best pass rushing interior lineman on the team and interior pressure. You know, that's the most direct way to get to the quarterback, most direct way to affect the quarterback. So. I consider myself a humble guy, but I think that's a pretty good unit. I don't know. Give away who you picked at number five real quick.
1: Yeah, so I kept building on the defensive line. I grabbed Deron Payne. Yeah. I'm a big Deron Payne fan. I always have been. I'm, a, I'm also a big Montez Sweat fan. I wasn't happy that you took him that early. <laughs> uh, but I, I totally got your strategy. It was sort of mimicking me with you know the same positions and players that can do different things. Now, I'm going to be interested to see this season in general. Between Jonathan Allen and Matt Ioannidis, who's going to end up being the better interior rusher? Because I think if you asked me about it last season, I think I would have said Ioannidis for sure, but... Allen's ability to get sacks is improving he's not he may not be quite as athletic in that regard as Ioannidis is but I like what the two of them can do and uh, I just added Deron Payne with the fifth pick because I wanted another big lineman and Deron Payne can get to the quarterback too with him Kerrigan Allen on that defensive line I was pretty comfortable with that unit and knew I wouldn't have to address it as much going forward
0: yeah yeah so your defensive line is pretty solid Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, Ryan Kerrigan and then the fan favorite Casanova McKenzie starting on the other edge. Oh my God, how did that happen? Oh my goodness! Uh,
1: so, yeah. So the the, edge, the <laughs> edge position on this roster is pretty thin. So once you got Montez Sweat and Ryan Anderson, I thought I was going to get Jordan Brailford, but you ended up taking him like one, I think one pick before I was going to. Uh, you took Jordan Brailford as your twenty sixth guy off the board. I screwed up big time because I actually (laughs) hurt Josh Holsey at 24. We did this draft when Holsey was still on the team, but I shouldn't have done that. Pretty much off the edge, I'm relying on McKenzie and B.J. Blunt, who Blunt is really a linebacker who can just play a little edge, but in my defense, he's going to have to do it. So those young guys are going to have to step up and show their athletic ability if my roster is going to beat yours.
0: Yeah, I mean, but your defensive line got a little thin on the edge there. My offensive line, guys, is not... It's not pretty. I got Brandon Sheriff and Morgan Moses on the right side, so that's solid. And then I have Chase Roulier. Um, I put I ended up moving Roulier to left guard because I couldn't get anyone at the opposite guard spot to kind of put up a fight. so I moved I got Casey Dunn and moved him to center and then put Roulier at left guard and then Timon Paris is my starting left tackle. Which I was pretty, I was pretty intrigued by Paris as a developmental guy last offseason when, when he was an undrafted free agent. But let's be cl- let's be clear, he hasn't proven anything yet, so I'm a little nervous about that, especially with Ryan Kerrigan going up against him. So um, that'll be interesting. But uh, yeah, these are <laughs> these rosters are very up and down, and that was kind of the fun part about this. Um, Jacob, was there a guy um, who got picked later than you expected him to? A guy who kind of slipped a little bit, or just any surprises in the draft?
1: Yeah, I mean, there, there are a bunch of guys that went later than I thought they would. I think it just had to do with the way that you and I were drafting based off things. Uh, Josh Norman came off the board I took him in the 19th round which in this type of roster draft was kind of surprising because Dunbar and Moreau both went before him oh and I, I love know Dunbar. Norman has been great during his time in Washington and he hasn't lived up to the contract for sure but he still can be a top corner if he's playing as high level so I was kind of surprised 38th player off the board so yeah um I guess it's not too crazy, but it was a little
0: crazy. I was just, I me. was very high on. I'm, well, you guys, if you've read my stuff, you know I'm a huge Dunbar fan. So I was really itching to get him. And then Fabian Moreau, I really wanted to get him too, because he's still a guy with a lot of upside that hasn't been realized yet. I mean, you look at his measurables, six foot, 200, but then he's got a four, three, five, 40, 38 inch vertical. Uh, you know, he, he's a guy who's still reaching his potential. So I really wanted to lock down those young corners. Once I did that, I was like, all right, Josh Norman, you know, nah, you're, you're good. You know, you know, you, you can have him. Um, and then I got Jimmy Moreland later. So I was really excited about that. Going to start him in the slot, and let him eat, let him produce. But um, yeah, yeah, the age and the contract stuff kind of factored in, which is weird because it's like a fantasy draft. But it, it somehow did, so that was that kind of uh, weird. It's just
1: it's in the back of our minds; we just knew it, yeah, and we we didn't want to bite for it. Uh, you know, you know. Speaking of age, uh, the, there's this one shocked me actually, kind of ruined what I was hoping I was going to do at one <laughs> point. But you took Samaje Piran in the nineteenth round. I was stunned that you took him over Adrian <laughs> Peterson at that point. By this point, I I think I had I had picked Darius Geis earlier because. My quarterback situation was Case Keenum and Colt McCoy. I did not think you would take P. Ryan over Bryce Love or Adrian Peterson. 80% um,
0: of that was because I knew you wanted P. Ryan, so I took P. Ryan. That, 80% of that. But I'm, I'm going to give P. Ryan a chance. I'm not going to put him in the doghouse for fumbling once or twice. We're, we're going to give him a chance.
1: See, that I can live with. If you <laughs> give him a chance, we're fine. But I was like, you, you poached him for me because I was like, I think i I picked Bryce Love like a few rounds later to go with guys, which I'm excited about. Running backs I was, don't like, matter. I had Geis and P. Run. I was I was going to be so happy.
0: Um,
1: <laughs> but, but it's funny too because Geis is your guy, and you ended up with my guy. I ended up with your guy.
0: <laughs> I know. Yeah. At that point, I was like, it, it sung a little to pass up Geis, but I was like, you know what? Running backs. As long as I have a pretty decent offensive line, as long as I have Haskins, you know, running backs is relatively replaceable. So I'm good passing on that, even though Darius Guys is like one of my top five favorite players on the team, you know. It's a necessary cost. It's a necessary cost. The fantasy draft can be brutal, as I learned. I'm I'm trying to figure out if there are any other picks I might made just to spite you. I'm not sure. Um <laughs>
1: you picked Ryan B. Um I was targeting him. I don't know if you did
0: that one to spite. No, that was just that I needed depth. Him. What I originally intended to do was to get Matt Ionitis and then Tim Settle after Matt Ioannidis to kind of get the pass rush specialist on the interior and the run stopper. But Jacob literally picked Tim Settle one pick before I was going to. So I had to divert course. So I, I had an Ioannidis and then Caleb Brantley. And so my depth was pretty bad. So in round 33, I had to take B. That that wasn't a splite pick. That was just going for a guy I needed or I felt like I needed. So
1: Yeah, no, I, I definitely picked Settle knowing you needed help on the defensive line. Yeah, that was but like... I also... That's a buzzer I, I beater. Might have to run a, I might have to run a 3 4 defense um, instead of using five defensive backs like I was planning on because mm-hmm. I did draft Reuben Foster in the sixth round and then lost him for the season. So now I'm stuck at linebacker with Josh Harvey Clemens, Jason <laughs> Foster, and John Bostic, which, like, it's not the worst it could be, but none of those guys is a three down player, and I'm very thin. And BJ Blunt, again, will have to play multiple positions for this team that I've come up with. But it's pretty crazy. Now, Ian, looking at your team, what would you say is your biggest strength and your biggest weakness?
0: My biggest strength? um, Dang, man. It's tough. There's a lot of areas where it's like kind of good, but then really bad. I would have to say corner is going to be my biggest strength. I really like Dunbar and Moreau on the outside, and then Jimmy Moreland in the slot. Moreland is one of my favorite sleepers he was one of my favorite sleepers heading into the draft and uh, he's making some waves and otas early on with his ability to make plays on the ball so i really like his fit in the slot where he's kind of an undersized guy but he just has a nose for the ball so i'm pretty high on that trio there um so i'd say my corners i'm not i'm not saying secondary because i ended up with troy apke and Deshazer everett as my starters so that's a little rough but um corner is good corner is good we'll stop there my biggest weakness I'm not sure. I would say running back, but again, I don't think it's too big of a problem either way. Um, linebacker is a little iffy for me. I ended up with Sean Deion Hamilton and Cole Holcomb starting, and that's because Jacob picked Reuben Foster, but then Foster got injured, so that kind of compl- complicated things. But I like Dion Hamilton. I, I like Holcomb's athletic potential, but again, it's a question mark. You know, neither of those guys are proven. I'm willing to admit that. Tight end is a bit of a problem area for me. Vernon Davis, Matt Flanagan. Manessa Garner, so uh, that yeah, definitely room for improvement there. Um, receiving core, I don't know. That's not really a weakness for me. I don't know. There's a lot of areas where it's kind of – there's a gray area for me. I don't know. Are there any, like, surefire weaknesses on your team? I'm looking over because, like, for me, it's like half of it's good, half of it's bad, you know. not There's no, like, 100% bad for me. I don't know.
1: Yeah, the only one I'd say might be 100% bad for you is safety, but there's only, like, two – like quality safeties on the team, and I purposely took them early because yeah. I wanted them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I can't blame you for that. Looking at my team, it, it's tough. I'd say probably my strengths are running back. If, if Bryce loves healthy running back, oh, yeah, um, that's a good tandem. Yeah, I like my defensive line too, um, especially on the interior, but I mean, the edge with Casanova McKenzie a little bit rough.
0: He's you know. got Ben, man. He's got so he much bend. He's, he's
1: got Ben. Everyone's <laughs> telling me. That's, that's what I keep getting told. But, um, yeah, I think probably my biggest weakness is going to have to be linebacker because I lost Reuben Foster. Um, oh. And I just don't have a proven three-down guy. Because we know what Mason Foster can do. We know he's a two-down thumper. You have
0: him as your backup. <laughs> yeah.
1: He was, he was my backup. And now he, now he has to start. And it's funny, too, because you have, like, Sean, Deon Hamilton, Cole Holcomb. And that might actually end up being the starting duo by the end of the year. We don't know.
0: But- I'm pretty high on Holcomb. I mean, I I don't know why he was so overlooked in the process because I had not heard a lot about him when he got drafted, but then I looked up his pro day pro day results and his production and everything, and he's got the athleticism. He's got the production. I just maybe something about like on field processing that could be improved, I don't know, but he's got a lot of good traits.
1: I think he's a little undersized too, if I remember correctly. Dude, but... in the
0: pictures, his arms are huge, though. Like, oh my god, this guy. Yeah,
1: like... I mean, looking at his profile, it doesn't look undersized, but I feel like I heard someone say that. That could be wrong. Yeah, uh,
0: yeah, I don't know. I, I, I like his potential though. A uh, question mark, but definite potential there.
1: Yeah, no, he, he definitely does have potential. Uh, the other weakness on my is on my offensive line. Uh, The right side of my offensive line, you got the good parts on the right side with Morgan Moses and Brandon Sheriff, Mm -hmm. and I got the left side pretty much, but my right side is like Eric Flowers and Jerron Christian both playing out of position, Um, so that (laughs) that could get rough really fast for me. I'm just glad that neither, hopefully, neither of us sees this exact iteration of this team on the field this year because, oh boy, it would be, it would be very tough.
0: Yeah. To watch. Don't try this at home, kids. That's all I got to say. Don't try this at home. How, how do you like your receiving core? Because that's an interesting area. I was writing about Darvin Kidsey today, and um, we'll get to that later, but I'm pretty high on him too. But um, you're not high on him, but I, I like him a little bit more after writing about him. But what do you think about your receiving core? Because the receiver position on this roster, this Redskins roster, is just so jumbled. You know, you can it's a mix and mash basically. And you can choose any five guys and make an argument that that should be the starting lineup. And like, it's like, I, I can't argue, you know, it's, it's crazy how versatile, how, how much it could change. I don't know. What do you think about your starting receiving or not starting? You're just in general, your receiving core.
1: Yeah. So I ended up with Paul Richardson and Josh Doxson. Cause you went, you went the youth route. Um, and you grabbed McLaurin and uh, Trey Quinn and uh, Kelvin Harmon. Um, as your guys so i grabbed richardson and doxson they're both veterans um, i don't know if doxson will ever live up to his full ceiling i know richardson has problems with injury but they both have some skills that i feel like can be utilized in an offense so i'm comfortable with them i got brian quick as a veteran who can play the slot or be a backup and then i grabbed a couple of undrafted free agents uh, tj ramming and steven sims jr i really like ramming i watched him play at duke um I liked Daniel Jones, and Ramming was uh, Daniel Jones' best receiver that year. Um, I think he could end up being productive. I don't think he'll be a starter in his rookie year or anything, but he might make the roster as a backup slot option. So I'm comfortable enough with my with my unit. Uh, I think yours is better, especially in terms of upside with what you have there and some special teams ability, especially since you have Jay Chesson. Uh, but I, I can get by with that receiving core, especially since I have – Jordan Reed, Jeremy Sprinkle, and J.P. Holtz at tight end. Like, that's a group that I'm fairly comfortable with if I had to choose half the tight ends on the Redskins roster. Those are three that I'm fine with having.
0: Yeah, you you got me beat at tight end. I I, I wanted to get – you know, after Jordan Reed, it's kind of like – it's kind of meh. You know, Vernon Davis still has big playability, but the age, you know, the the lack of utility as a blocker sometimes, you know, it's just – And I feel like he's a ticking time bomb. Like at some point, he's just gonna start getting injured, you know, just like Jordan Reed. Like that durability can only go so far, right? But I don't know. It's in football, you know, the contact it wears on you after time. But yeah, I really like the. um, I really like my receiving core. Um, Yeah, I had to get Terry McLaurin once I got Dwayne Haskins. You know, that the chemistry aspect. It's something that people always harp on with the Redskins, you know, because Kirk Cousins never had chemistry with his receivers, and Alex Smith was still getting chemistry. Uh, midway through 2018 and stuff like that. You know, it's always something that people are harping on. So, yeah,
1: someone yelled at, by yelled at me on Twitter. I mean, made fun of me on Twitter when <laughs> I said maybe the Redskins will draft Terry McLaurin or Paris Campbell after they took Haskins. And I was like, you know, might give them some extra chemistry, which could help them. And someone was like, chemistry doesn't matter. And I'm like, but chemistry does matter. Like,
0: yes, it does. Like, <laughs> it
1: may not. Like, McLaurin may not end up being like a Redskins top receiver this year. But, you know, if I had to pick one of this pack where no one's really separated themselves, McLaurin could definitely end up being that guy just because Haskins might be comfortable throwing to him. McLaurin's a good leader and special teams player, and he's just good at finding space, and he has deep speed. So I, I really like Terry McLaurin. I know you spent an early pick on him. He was your sixth-round pick in this
0: fantasy roster thing yeah I thought that was a little too early when I did it I was like you know what we're gonna take a risk here but yeah he's got 435 speed thirty five thirty seven point five 37.5 vertical so he's got some good explosion uh, really good long speed and very nuanced or outrunner you know willing blocker I just felt like he was the chess piece I needed on my offense you know and with Haskins the chemistry there you know that's good so I was happy with that pick. I was content with it. And then got Kelvin Harmon in round 11 uh, pick after getting Fabian Moreau. I really like Harmon. You know, he's he's not a guy. He's kind of the opposite of McLaurin. Not really the opposite, but uh, really different receivers. Uh, Harmon's not super fast, but uh, like McLaurin, pretty nuanced with his route running. And he wins by play strength, you know, at the catch point. Uh, Out muscling corners and just really a dominant, an alpha guy. You know, that's the word that you hear a lot with Harmon is a alpha receiver. So I think having a strong arm guy like Harmon uh, to mix with a speed guy, uh, you know, kind of a um, what's the word? What is the word? I don't know. A speed guy who can kind of stretch the field and get open like McLaurin. Um, I think that helps. And then who else did I have there? I had to get Trey Quinn for obvious reasons. Quinn You're like season. the
1: president of the Trey Quinn
0: fan club. Uh, dude, and it is an honor. It is a title that I'm honored to have, I tell you. Um, I like having Trey Quinn in that slot, as always. He's going to break out. He's going to get 110 receptions, 1,500 yards, and 27 touchdowns. We're calling it right now. Um, And then I got Cam Sims. I know a lot of people are very high on Cam Sims uh, after his preseason performance last year. I'm. I, I kind of want to slow the hype train just a little bit there. I, I do think there's genuine reason for excitement, though. a Genuine reason for to be, um, you know, hopeful for Sims' development. You know, he was kind of a guy who got oh, un, uh, who got buried uh, in a deep roster at Alabama at wide receiver, and he's got some really good physical tools. Six five. You know, really good uh, at getting contested catches, as he showed in preseason. So. He's a guy I kind of like. I got Robert Davis, who you know got athletic potential. Can he stay healthy? Um, and then I got Darvin Kidsey, who I wrote about today on heralded players segment. Um, Kidsey is a guy I feel like he's got a ton of potential. Guys, uh, crazy. I, I looked up his pro day numbers. He had a four four six forty and a forty one point five inch vertical. So, and I know the numbers don't always translate to the field, but. That's, those are some very good explosion numbers, and you can you can see it on tape occasionally. Him just creating separation just by running, you know, just creating that speed and you know building up that momentum. Uh, I think Kidsey has really good change of direction skills uh, to c- combine with that acceleration. Um, if he can combine that with route running nuance, you know, he can he can genuinely make a push to be on the fifty-three man roster. You know, it's going to take a good offseason of work, a good offseason of development, but he's definitely got the potential. He's just been so raw that he's been overlooked, but um, I like having that potential on my receiving core. And then J.U. Chesson, as you said, a pretty good special teamer, a pretty good depth guy. So I'm happy. That's one position I'm pretty happy with uh, is the receiving core. You can't say that for a lot of these positions, you know, because then... Like your my offensive line, it's like, okay, Brandon Sheriff, Chase Royer, Okay. Oh, Timon Paris starting at left tackle. I don't know, man. But um yeah, I don't know. I like my receiving core. Um it's uh you take what you can get with this fantasy draft, guys. That's what I that's what I learned very quickly. Because um, at the beginning you're like, Oh, we're getting all these good players and then later on it's like, Why don't we just end it early? Why don't we throw in the towel, call it a day? It, it was uh, pretty interesting. But um yeah, so we're almost out of time. Jacob, are there any like, sleepers that you're very excited about on your roster?
1: Uh, one guy who I got late that I, I'm kind of excited that I got him for my defensive line is JoJo Wicker. Um, he was on the team last year for a little bit. He was mostly on the practice squad, but I grabbed him as the backup to Payne, Allen, and Settle. Uh, so I, I'm happy to have him. I think he's got a little bit of upside. Um, he, could, he could challenge for a spot on the 53-man roster this year. Uh, he was pretty good. I think he played at Arizona State in college, if I remember correctly. So um, I'm excited to see what he can do this year, and if he really starts to uh, compete for a roster spot. Uh, uh, what about you? You got some. I know you have some sleepers that you're proud of. So I'll, I'll let you take away, uh, take a uh, go run with that.
0: Yeah, Kidsey, I got him at round 40. So I was pretty. I wasn't happy about that then because I, I admittedly hadn't done too much research on him. But then today I kind of dove into it and. Looking up his numbers, his athletic numbers, it's like, okay. Because I'm, I'm a sucker for guys who have athletic potential. Uh, I, I don't know about other people, but me, I love that. You know, even if they're like, even if they don't even know what a route is, you know, as long as they have the capability to do it, I'm like, dude, like, I'll take that. So I really like his athletic potential. Um Paranum. I'm not sure if Ike Hilliard can get the most out of him, but that's another story. He's got the potential. We'll leave it there. Don't ruin my moment. Um, moving on, Jawan Bushel-Beattie, uh, backup tackle. I got him in round 35. He's a decent, he's got great size, um, and he played in a Power 5 conference. So if you're getting a guy that late, those are some promising qualities at least. I don't know if he's going to make the roster, but you know it, it's something. Uh, Jeremy Reeves is one of our unheralded players. I got him at 32. And, uh, with the depth at safety kind of a question, he's a guy who could factor in there. Um, he's not very, he's kind of undersized and he's not overly athletic, but he just, he knows how to make plays on the ball. You know, he's got good, uh, fast processing skills, knows how to, you know, knows how to close the gap pretty quickly. So, um, that was a pick I was pretty high on. Um, and then Jimmy Moreland, I'll just set it off with him, uh, the uh, team's seventh round, I think it was seventh round, yeah, seventh round pick this year. Um, very good ball skills, ability to track the ball, and uh, you know, uh, really good closing speed. So kind of a dog out there on the field. He said it himself. So I'm happy with that. But um, yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see how these rosters play out. We'll have to find a way to grade them and uh, see who had the better haul. I guess don't you think?
1: Yeah, we'll definitely find a way to do that. If we operated just on the who has the most Josh's scale, though, I would win.
0: That's very true, and that's important. That is very important.
1: I'm, I'm going to be honest. I, at one point, I had the goal of getting all the Joshes on the roster, but I I could not because I could not take Josh Woodrum because I already had the maximum number of quarterbacks.
0: You could have taken Josh Woodrum if you really wanted to. I'll just I will could
1: have, but then you'd have only one quarterback, and I'd have four. No,
0: man, trust Way, my backup quarterback.
1: <laughs> oh, Yeah. I forgot, yeah, you let him see him in passer rating, right?
0: Yeah, that's right, man. That's oh, my loophole. That's my loophole. Hey, it's two quarterbacks. and It's two positions in one right there. That's efficiency. That is building the roster to the maximum right there. That's what that is.
1: Yeah, no, it is. Oh, and just one more note on these rosters. <laughs> the reason that there are 92 players on here is because I added a, an extra kicker and a punter because we both needed a kicker and a punter. I ended up with the two non-Redskins kickers and punters. Uh, Matt Bryant and uh Ryan Allen they were just tack on so in case you're wondering why it's 92 man roster
0: <laughs> yeah so yeah so i think we are out of time but uh if you guys were taking diligent notes and kind of got some of our roster pieces together you can let us know which one you think is better um and if if all goes well maybe we'll come back to this uh later in the season kind of see who had the better roster but uh, hope you guys enjoyed this podcast and you know it's a pretty it's a pretty creative idea so if you got a friend out there who's uh as into watching the football as you are you know get the, get the roster together you know get a draft going and uh, see how it plays out it's it gets very chaotic very quickly I will warn you that's a disclaimer but um unfortunately we are out of time guys so we'll catch you next time we got some good pods uh, in the works so stay tuned until then peace out have a good night